We're back, the Cross Country Sports Podcast, taping on a Sunday. Elijah's very anxious to get something off of his chest right now, so uh, go for it, buddy. Have you ever played, um, you know, like one of those old Maddens with Michael Vick where he was just completely OP and he dominated everybody? Yeah. Let me explain. Basically, basically you'd uh, like in Madden 04 or like ESPN, NFL 2K5, you could roll out of the pocket with Michael Vick and the computer wouldn't be smart enough to follow you, right? It just wouldn't have the, the logic to do that. And so you could pretty much just run for 10, 15 yards at a time, at least with Michael Vick. What is my point of this? Using AI in baseball will be a terrible idea. It's a horrible idea because eventually players will figure out how to cheat the system just like they cheat regular umpires, and the human element of the game is crucial. Okay, so this is in reference to me tweeting about the end of the NLDS between the Giants and Dodgers when Wilmer Flores was rung up by first base umpire Gabe Morales to end the game. Uh, which terrible was, call. Terrible call, but come on, that was such a funny ending. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. And I mean, the only the only thing that bodes well for people like Max Scherzer and the Dodgers fans is that he's faced Wilmer Flores before because they were both in the same division, the NL East, when Scherzer was with the Nationals and Flores was with the Mets. And Flores, I think, was one for 11 against him. The only thing that bodes well for the Dodgers is that they won the game. Like, they, they won. And it wasn't, you know, it's not like it was a full count. It was 0-2. You know, it was an 0-2 pitch. And he, you know, he probably would have gotten that anyway. But also, like, you know, <laughs> I just, strikeouts are a very lame way for a baseball game to end. Especially, especially swing strikeouts. But just, just in general, strikeouts, like, you know, I mean, foul outs aren't great either. But you want a game, like, especially a close game to end on something where, you know, if the ball is dropped, things are going to change, you know, or like, you know, on a, um, you know, like just, you, you want to see a game end on a play where the outcome could sway if it doesn't go according to plan. Uh, that's why I always thought strikeouts are kind of boring to end a game, but this was funny as a fan of baseball who doesn't, you know, is impartial about either team. I like seeing that ending because I think it was hilarious and chaotic. Um, and that's what human umpires bring to the game. And I just think that like robo umps would eventually be every bit as much of a disaster because we'll see that calling strikes is subjective. It's always been subjective because the ball is caught at weird angles. And um, I just also think that, you know, adding robo umps would take away the whole idea of framing pitches. And I think that, you know, like that's kind of a, a, an, an art form for catchers, um, but that's not, you know, like that's obviously not why we're here, but I just wanted to talk about that because I I'm very passionate about uh, having humans doing officiating. Um, oh, I agree, but just not baseball. But anyway, this is right. definitely something that we can talk about on a, another episode of the of this podcast another time because it's very interesting. But you're right. The reason why we're here is because we initially broke down week five and we previewed the Buccaneers against the Eagles, which we both got right in terms of our picks. The Buccaneers ended up winning the the football game 28-22, even though I thought it was going to be a lot more of a blow. I mean, you know what? I actually think I predicted a seven-score game. You predicted 14, if I, I did 14. Yeah. It was, you know, the Eagles, Eagles, they, they have heart. Say what you – I think they're terribly 
like some of the play calls are just so outrageously bad. And the refusal to give the ball to Miles Sanders is kind of embarrassing. It is. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Matt Nagy uh, in his early days. But um, but they, they have heart, and I just got to credit them for giving it their all. Yeah, you know, what the, here's, here's the thing. I was talking about this with, with a couple of buddies last night over dinner. Um, I really like the partnership of Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I really do. The problem is the rest of the team stinks. <laughs> if you really want my honest opinion. Honestly, like they have some okay players. It's just like, you know, I, I don't know. Like I, I hurts hurts definitely is very entertaining. He's fun to watch and he's certainly capable of winning games. He also misses a lot of throws, he misses a lot of throws. Um, so I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I haven't fully made an assessment on him. I believe him. I believe in him. And I think that, you know, he definitely has what it takes, but like at this point, I just, I don't love, I, I don't love what, um, I, I just, I, I don't love what Sarani's done so far with that team. Having said that, you know, he's still early in his career. Eagles are, uh, they have a lot of old players, but they also have a lot of youth on that team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You know, hopefully, I'd love to see Hurts uh, become a solid franchise quarterback for Philly, but uh, but we'll see. Um, either I, way, I, 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 I commend them for making it a better game than it was early on. Yeah, they. they I, I was honestly surprised. I mean, they were down by you know two scores pretty much the entire game until the fourth quarter, and then of course Tom Brady works his voodoo magic, leads the team down the field, and. The Eagles had burned their timeouts by the point in which he had that quarterback sneak, which, I mean, come on. There was that bullshit taunting call on Gerard Avery. Don't forget that. that. That's true. That was like the one thing that I wanted to touch on was that was that taunting call. I mean, the taunting call, we've talked about this over the course of many different podcasts this season. I mean, the taunting call is just absolute garbage. Like, Like, what are they trying to do? It's it's just, uh, what's the logic of that? Like, are they trying to like promote the idea of being better role models? Like, and, you know, of not making fun of each other. Like, come on, you know, they're not picking on obese eighth graders. They're, you know, talking shit to other world-class athletes. It, 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 it makes no sense. Like, you're, you're in a game, you know, like, like, like I, I understand the idea of, like, you know, don't make fun of people, you know, be, you know, conduct yourself well. But, like, on the football field, that has to change. Like, the whole idea of football is, like, it is an outlet for people to be, nasty like it's a place where that it's a safe place for that to be okay well maybe not safe but you know what i'm saying i i, I do and, and listen this taunting call so this is professional football this is grown-ass men right right like, this is something that i feel like should be way more implemented in college football and and it is like maybe not the whole taunting aspect of it but like unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in college you get a 15 minute 15 minute 15 yard penalty and a warning like this is number 83's first unsportsmanlike. If he gets another one, he's out. Like, if this happened with the NFL moving it to, to college, like this rule, like it makes a lot more sense because college is the platform in which you're allowed to make more mistakes and you're allowed to be held more accountable. Like yesterday, I don't know if you watched uh, the Georgia-Kentucky game, but at the end, Georgia blocked a, um, a PAT and they were called for a penalty because one of their defensive players was on the field uh, during the run back of the PAT, which was hilarious. So um, 
it just goes to show that like but that's like that's valid right like you're not allowed to run on the field in the middle of a play right exactly but like that's the but what i'm saying is that is the time when you can make those mistakes now yeah. we're talking about grown men who are talking jabbing back and forth at each other and then you throw some really crappy like okay it, it it's not Mother like that was such a snitch he was just like hey he 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 called yeah. me a mean word. Like, shut up, Leonard. I love Leonard Fournette, by the way. He's a great player. And like, yeah, I, game, I, can't blame, I can't blame him for trying to get the penalty yards. But at the same time, like, you know, it, it just, I hate that it worked. Well, yeah. I mean, it, that those taunting penalties, like, it decided that Seahawks-Titans game from, you know, a few weeks ago when the Titans went won in overtime. There was a, a taunting penalty on one of the Seattle defensive backs, and it basically cost the Seahawks the game. It's yeah. it's the same thing here where I well like I genuinely feel like the game was I mean it wasn't decided based off of that penalty but it gave the Eagles uh, a chance to be behind the eight ball at that point and it sucked so I mean they they tried and like you said like they put up a good effort they had heart so it made sense this will be this will be a lot like the um when they banned all end zone celebrations, this is going to be a lot like that where eventually they're going to be like, yeah, we're getting rid of taunting or not getting rid of it, but we're, um, you know, like we'll go back to the way it was. Remember when they made it so like you couldn't spike the ball on the goalpost for a couple of years and everyone was like, come on, why are you taking away our fun? This is going to be the same as that. And I think that by next year, I think by next season, people are going to realize, yeah, we, we need to not crack down on friggin' taunting. <laughs> The, the, the no fun league it's seriously in full effect it's i mean it, it's amazing um how that basically has changed the complexion of well it changed the complexion of that game it changed the complexion of a few other games but um we'll see how the nfl monitors it going forward um after the game elijah um literally the next morning and we were going to record um on friday morning but um things got snafu'd but um zach Ertz, the now former philadelphia eagles tight end got traded to the Arizona yeah, Cardinals in a great move by Arizona because they had lost their tight end, Max Williams, to a torn ACL the previous week. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I feel like it's a it's a major move. I mean, this is Zach Ertz, a guy who played in Philadelphia over the course of eight years. He has had many major accolades, including being a Super Bowl champion. 579 reception in the Super Bowl, too. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, people were yeah. talking about how it might not, not have been a catch because he it was a catch. Come on, come on. It, no. it, was, it was a catch. It was a catch. It was a catch. I'm, I'm just saying other people might not have thought that way. Um, oh, no. 579 catches. Anyone who doesn't think that a, that's a catch, like someone who wouldn't think that play was a catch is this person who would remind the teacher of the homework. True. Fair enough. Like, but, like, that's the worst kind of person. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, good trade for Arizona. Um, and, you know, sucks for the Eagles to lose such a, such a core member of their, uh, of their franchise. You know, when you think of the Eagles, he's one of the first names that comes to mind, at least for me. Um, but you know, he's on, he's a different bird now and I think he'll fit right in. I think that's a great move because, you know, like they're, they're going to need some physicality late in the season. And, you know, as I was, you know, as I always talk about like the way Arizona plays, I don't think it's sustainable for a full year and the playoffs. Um, but now that they have like a really strong tight end, I think that that's going to um, like, like that's really going to bolter the roster, especially late in the season um and also like it's not like he doesn't have it anymore like he still got it you know he, he got hurt at the end of last year um and you know like he's pretty much been the, one of the most rock solid tight ends for like seven six seven seasons 
Um, and rock solid's pretty much the best compliment you could give a tight end, in my opinion. You know, like just the ability to be there and be consistent um, and, you know, make plays. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a great move for Arizona. It, it really is. And um, it not only revitalizes Ertz's career because he's kind of been down in the dust, but also his counterpart in Philadelphia now is Dallas Goddard, who's currently hurt. But literally, this is going to benefit both of them immensely, I feel like, because Ertz is going to be the number one tight end for the top team in the NFC at this point, the only undefeated team, the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, Dallas Goddard is going to get those receptions back that Zach Ertz was taking away from him at that point. I didn't, I, I'm not saying that, you know, one was kind of out muscling the other in terms of a tug of war kind of thing. It, was, it, it seemed like, especially over the last couple of years that Goddard is the clear number one tight end in Philadelphia, but it's like Ertz is now able to go and kind of wake up from his slumber at this point. And I don't know how much he's going to factor into the offense, especially because this isn't going to be like a Joel Youngblood kind of thing where he literally played on Thursday night and now he's going to play today. He's inactive today for the Cardinals, by the way, like he's not going to play, <laughs> but also um, let, me, let me just say though, like if these, if these Arizona Cardinals, like the 28, let's say that like these Arizona Cardinals could revert to their 2018 selves or like, you know, 2016, 2018, this is like, it's almost literally a Pro Bowl team with Ertz and A.J. Green, obviously Hopkins, who's still, you know, at the height of his powers, but then, like, you know, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, like, this is a lot of a lot of talent on this roster. It is, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know how much Ertz is going to factor into the offense, but he's definitely just another weapon that Cliff Kingsbury... Just his presence, like, especially, like, in the run game, you know, like, he, he blocked really, really good, you know, or... um also, like, uh, helped being on the line with Lane Johnson and um, Jason Kelsey, but um, and Brandon Brooks, but um, but yeah, I mean, he, he like he he's, he adds a physicality to that team, which is very important to have. It's very much needed, um, and good for him because um, one of the things I also wanted to touch on was he is uh, one half of a power duo in sports because his wife Julie Ertz Johnston is a soccer player for the U.S. Women's National Team, and she's actually from Mesa, Arizona, which is not too far from Glendale, where Zach will be playing his football games, and she went to Dobson High School. So, of course, I have to centralize the story because, of course, this is my territory for college. So, um, very cool story, by the way. So, um, the Eagles, in return, oh, yeah. received Tay Gowan, a cornerback of the fifth-round pick. So, um, we'll see what the Eagles can do with their assets as well. Um so with, with that, with that all being said, so we kind of put um, the start of week six to bed. Um, we mean you again for the second straight week uh, messed up because of course we're recording this podcast on Sunday and it's uh, almost three hours into the second straight week of London games. The dolphins are really, currently playing the Jaguars. Really, the British empire messed up. <laughs> the British empire messed up. <laughs> 300 years ago or whatever 200 250 however long but yeah dude our um, accents would be different right i now. I, I picked the jaguars i picked the jaguars um i don't know who you would have picked i, I would have texted you at time. I, I texted you at halftime when the jags were down by three that i would have picked the jaguars so well i mean you know honesty policy here um i just think that i don't i, I don't like tua uh, for one thing, a lot of people like, don't. I, I mean, I like him as a dude. I just don't. I don't. You know, we, we've talked about Tua before. Um, you know, and he made a. He just made a, a terrible mistake. But he also, 
you know, made up for it by leading a touchdown drive. Right now it's 2017 Miami uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a pretty good game so far. I, I haven't watched the whole thing because I like sleep on Sunday mornings, but, um, as, uh, Jalen, as, uh, uh, Jalen Waddle just made a reception for 15 yards. Um, but it's been a really nice game so far. Um, we should get into our uh, Bears game is going to be starting soon. And, uh, I am already starting to feel a little bit queasy about it. Okay, so what's your pick then, Elijah? Because we're going through our week six pick now, which, by the way, this is the first week in which we have buys. The Falcons, the Saints, the 49ers, and the Jets are not playing this week. So we get a changing of the guard. Ooh. A changing of the guard is going to be happening in the NFC North, but it's not going to be happening today, unfortunately. Uh, as much as I, I hate to do this, and as much as it goes against every fiber of my being, I am taking Green Bay to beat us 27 17. Okay, I will. Hope I'm wrong, but probably won't be. You know what? I think the more interesting prop is over under on if the the Bears are going to get uh, a turnover off of Aaron Rodgers or not. So I think I'll be looking out for that more. Um, the Bears coming into this week, I think, have the most sacks uh, of any quarterback in the league. So um, yeah, if we want to win, we're going to have to bury his ass into the ground like multiple times during the game. Exactly. Um, I think that this will be a, a good wake up call for uh, Justin Fields as well. And I'm going to take the Packers 21 to 13. Um, so okay. um, glad we got that out of the way. Um, let, let's, let's get my Colts out of the way too. They're playing the Texans who are, the are only, win. only other winless team besides the Jaguars. So um, y- you have the no, Colts. Uh, the Texans, the Texans have a win. Oh, the Texans. Do they? Yeah. They beat the, um, I don't remember who they beat, but they have oh, a yeah, win. they're one and four. That's true. There you they go. Beat- who did they beat? They, they feel, it feels like they don't have a win. <laughs> they won week one against Jacksonville. That's right. Um, oh, of course. I, but yeah, I think I think the Colts are going to win. Um, better team, better quarterback. Um, twenty to fourteen. Uh, maybe let, let's say twenty six to fourteen in a very forgettable game, but a win's a win. Well, you know what's funny? So we didn't touch on this in the last uh, breakdown when we did our last podcast, but the Texans and Patriots had a very good game in Houston this past week and the Patriots almost lost. <laughs> I mean, they were yeah, able that, to... that was a good game. Um, and, came in a field goal. And uh, yeah, I came down to a field goal, but the Patriots are better coached. Uh, and that was pretty evident uh, at the end of the game there. That's um, fair enough. Uh, uh, move on to Kansas city going to Washington. I never gave you my pick. Oh, my bad. I thought I, I just assume you're going to pick the Colts because it's the Colts and Texans. But my apologies. Go for it. All right, fine. I'll pick the Colts and I'll pick. Wait, the were Colts. You actually, wait, were you not going to pick the Colts? No, I was. I just you just skipped over my pick. So I'm going to say 27, 14. Sorry, I'm just so no offense. I'm just very disinterested in this particular game. And I know it's your team, but it's true. I, I just keep stringing it along. OK, you wanted to do uh, Kansas City and, and Washington, the matchup of two racist teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's do it. OK, go ahead. I like, I like, I like Kansas City. Uh, okay. I think gonna, um, rebound from a couple of a uh, couple of bad games, going on the road. Uh, I just don't think Washington has the firepower to keep up with them. I like Kansas City, thirty-four to twenty-five. Ooh, okay, all right, very interesting scoreline. Um, you know, again, I keep believe this is like the NFC East is so weird. I just keep believing in like. New York Giants, I picked them a few weeks in a row for picks. And then Washington, I was the same way, except I don't think I picked them last week. But 
I I just want to see what this front seven does against Patrick Mahomes because I finally feel like we have enough tape to make Patrick Mahomes come back down to earth, especially this. I mean, this season is literally the season in which, like you said beforehand, like your main prediction was that Kansas City would come back down to earth. So far, it's panned out pretty well, but yep. uh, I don't think it'll pan out this day. Um, I think this will be a very high-scoring game, honestly, especially because the Chiefs' defense is awful. I want to so, see Taylor Heineke pop off. I I want to see that that ODU guy pop off. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kansas City as well. I'm gonna say uh, 35 to 27. Um, Kansas City over Washington. Uh, how about how about Rams Giants? Um, this will be a good one. Rams eight point favorite coming in. Um, I like the Giants to cover for sure, but I think the okay. Rams will win. Um, I like 28 to 21 or 27, 21. I don't like when all the scores are touchdowns. It just feels ominous, but uh, yeah, 27, 21 Rams are going to win. I think that the, the um, it's going to be, it's going to look like the Rams will um, or win by a couple touchdowns, but then the Giants will score some late, uh, will get a late touchdown to make it look closer than it is. But I do think it'll still be a relatively competitive game throughout. Uh, but the Rams coming out on top, I just think they have a better team all around. How about you? Well, we never talked about, because again, last week in the NFL was just so crazy. We never got to talk about that Cowboys-Giants game in which Saquon Barkley had an ankle injury, which, I mean, if you saw the picture of how his ankle looked after he got it rolled up, I mean, it literally looked like the size of a volleyball. Um, yeah, it was exactly. ugly. So he's missing um, some time. And then Daniel Jones also went out, but he's good to go for today. So um, He's been good this year. He has been. I mean, I've been, I've been pretty impressed with him, but um, I think for the reasons that you said, um, the LA Rams, especially with their downslide, could definitely use this win, especially going cross country to a place like the Meadowlands and being the Giants. So I'll say the same thing. I don't I don't think the Giants are going to cover, though. I think the, the Rams should win by two scores, um, especially because I feel like Cooper Cup is going to have a big day today against a, a pretty yeah. giant secondary, except Julius Pe- or um, – What's his name? Jabril Peppers is back. Sorry, not Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. Yeah, love Julius Peppers. What about about Cooper Glass? I'm so sorry. Uh sorry. That's funny. so, so sorry. All right. Rams Rams 28 and Giants 17. How about uh, Bengals at the Lions? A couple of cats. So so this is the other winless team in the NFL. (laughs) Yeah. I I had my uh, bad teams confused. Um. Really like what the Bengals have done this year. Uh, The Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow connection has been awesome. And again, the Lions still have no identity um, on either side of the football. So um, even though this one's at Ford Field and obviously you get a home field advantage in the NFL, regardless of what team you are, um, I don't see a reason why the Lions are going to win this football game. So uh, I'll, I'll take the Bengals 29 to 18 in a very odd scoring matchup. 29 to 18. That is a that is a fun score. That might be Scorigami. I don't know if it's Scorigami, but it is an might interesting be. score. I don't, I'll have to double check on that. But uh, what is it? 29 18. 29 18. Right. right I'll, I'll I'll check on that and let you know. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean I I uh, this is a tough game for me to pick. Uh, but I think the Bengals are going to win as uh, as well because I just think that um. I mean, I just think they're better, but uh, I could definitely see the Lions pulling away with it. But I like the Bengals to win 25-22. 
Um, wow. The, the Much closer. Yeah, I think it'll be a little closer because the Bengals seem to play to their level of competition a lot. Um, but I do think that they're going to come out on top in this one. Um, just be like, because like I said, they, just the lines aren't as good. Um, let's uh, two more early games that I want to cover that we should, uh, I mean, that we'll get to, but uh, both of these games I think are going to be um, insanely close and insanely hard to predict. Uh, so chargers at Ravens. Wow. You want to do the marquee matchup of this window. Okay. All right. Well, you get Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert to MVP caliber quarterbacks at this point in the season. Um, the Ravens had their 100 yard rushing streak snapped in which they've rushed as a team for 100 yards in 43 consecutive games. So congrats to the Colts on doing that. Uh, other than that <laughs> terrible game, um, the chargers have been the, basically I feel like the surprise team of the NFL this season, um, just absolutely powerhousing their way through. Um, but this should be a great matchup of two four and one teams, and I'm really looking forward to it. And for that, I will uh, I'll push. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to push. Um, the Chargers have gone cross country before. They actually went to uh, the Washington Football Team and beat them in Week One. So it's always yeah, a road game for them. They, they they have familiarity going cross country and winning football games. The Ravens are on a pretty high streak at this point, um, in which they've won three straight games. Um, this is so tough. Uh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the Chargers here. I, I, I just, I, I, be, I believe that Brandon Staley will have the right game plan on defense, and uh, I think Joe Lombardi will carry the offense and the coordination. So, um, I think it'll be, I think it'll be low scoring, and Justin Herbert's finally gotta find a way to, to get through that, uh, that kind of growing pain. So, I'll say twenty to seventeen. Chargers over the Ravens. As much as I hate to say it, Noah, I agree with you. I do think the Chargers are going to come out on top in this Ooh, one. Okay. Uh, I know. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, you know, and I, I mean, I, I just think that they're a little more explosive offensively, but they also like you know, and they, they run the ball really, really well. And if they just do what the Colts did at the beginning of their last game, uh, the, the Ravens are susceptible in the run game, uh, like when it comes to uh, stopping the run on defense. Um, they have some problems with that. So I do think that the Chargers are going to find a way to win. Um, also, remember the Ravens have been playing amazing football. Um, I mean, they've had great games and like they've had great halves, but they, they, they've yet to really put four really solid quarters together, except against Denver. Um, I, I think the Chargers have just been awesome. And I think that they're going to continue their hot streak. I say 31-27 Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego. Los Angeles Chargers. I, I'm sure uh, Camp JCA director Joel Charnick will be very proud to hear you say that. Shout um, out to Joel Charnick. Yeah, shout out Joel Charnick. Um, Vikings Panthers is the last game in this early window. Uh, they're the same team. What do you mean they're the same team? They are the same team. Why do you say that? Because Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold are the exact same person. They're, they're, the, they're not. They're two different people. No, they're the exact same person. Look, they, they both have. Look, they are the same team in the sense that they lose games they should win. They win games they should lose. They're incredibly volatile on a week-to-week basis. Uh, their quarterback is the exact same guy. Two elite running backs who are often injured and a ton of receiving talent. They are the same team. And pretty solid defense, too, if you ask me. Yeah, pretty solid defense, yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah, like it's a, it's a mirror matchup, basically. Um, and I think that... I think Minnesota wins. 
Oh, okay. Vikings on the road? But I, I'm taking the Vikings on the road because I do think they're slightly better, and I don't really love – I don't love Sam Darnold yet, even though, like, he's been pretty good. Um, I will say Carolina's done a great job uh, defending the pass this season. They're only allowing 184.5 average uh, yards per game through the air. Um, but I, I think that might change a little bit this week because Captain Kirk's been playing really, really well. And, um, you know, uh, I just, uh, Thielen and Jefferson might be a lot for the Panthers defense to handle. Um, I'm taking Minnesota to go on the road, grind out a tough road win 24 to 20. I was, I was really anticipating that you were going to pick the first tie of, or you were going to pick the first tie of the season. I want to pick a tie. Like, honestly, I, I think this is going like if there is going to be a tie, this, this game feels like a tie. And I was thinking about picking a tie, but it just feels tacky to do that. Um, but yeah, like th- there is a part of me that does think this will be a tie. Okay. Well, um, I think I want to explode with chaos here. So I'm going to pick the Panthers. And the reason I'm going to pick the Panthers is because number one, they're at home. Number two, this is kind of like, it reminds me of the stock market because the Panthers were very high early in the season, winning their first three. They've lost their last two. And I feel like this is a matchup where they can go in and, and face the Vikings who have a pretty good defense, like I mentioned. But um, the problem is Christian McCaffrey is not playing. He just got put on IR um, in a very strange move because he was hurt two weeks ago. <laughs> so right. I'm not sure exactly what the Carolina medical staff was doing there. Um, Dalvin Cook back for the Vikings as of right now um, should be good to play today. But uh, again, I, I feel like this is a really good test for Darnold because I still feel like the jury's out on him. I want to believe in him. The first three weeks proved that he was a good quarterback in this league, um, despite the fact that the matchups kind of maybe weren't in his favor. But I still feel like he is someone who can lead this football team and doing it against a defensive minded head coach and Mike Zimmer is going to make me pull the trigger and pick the Carolina Panthers to win this game. And I'm going to pick them to win by a score of 17 to 16, because I think it's going to be low scoring based off of the defensive prowess of both teams. That makes so, sense. With that being said, we've picked the early games. Now let's go to three late games. Um, let's start. I think I want to start with uh, the one that I feel like is the most obvious for both of us. It's the LA Raiders playing uh, their first game without John oh, LV, the LV Raiders. Yeah. The LV Raiders. Sorry. They were the LA Raiders um, playing their first game without their uh, disgruntled head coach, John Gruden based off of his resignation in the wake of his email scandals uh, going on the road to take on the Denver Broncos who um, could really use this win. So uh, I'll defer to you, Elijah, do the Las Vegas Raiders pull an upset here on the road or are the Broncos going to win? I like Denver to win this one. I think that they'll be more prepared. Uh, and I think that, uh, at home against a disgruntled team. Good word, by the way. Uh, I just think that uh, Den- Denver has a really good home field advantage in this case. Uh, and I see them uh, coming out on top, uh, let's say 25 to 17. Wow. You think you think the Raiders score 17 points today? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. don't know. They still have, it's not like Henry, uh, Henry Ruggs and Darren Waller went anywhere. That's Renfro. true. That's true, but I feel like the Broncos are significantly better on defense. Um, I, I I don't see the Raiders scoring seventeen points. I made it. I made it twenty six to seventeen. Actually, okay. sorry. Can you? 
Okay. I, I think that the Broncos will win the game too. Um, we're in agreement on that. I will say that Denver wins 21, 13, um, Fair enough. um, eight point game. Um, let's do Cowboys and Patriots from Foxborough, a very interesting tactical matchup between a very good offense in Dallas and a very good defense in new England. I like new England to win this one. Uh, I think that they are okay. obviously the better coached team. I don't love Dallas when they play away from a dome stadium. And I just, I, I, um, I think that the Tampa defense is disciplined enough to take away the Cowboys run game to an extent. And I just don't, um, you know, like Dallas will get their points and we'll get their yards, but I think that the Patriots will do a good job of controlling the time of possession um, and keeping Dak Prescott on the sideline. I think that it's going to be a very good game uh, down to the wire, but I think New England comes out on top 26-23. Upset special. All right, there's your upset special. Um, I'm going to go the other way. I'll say Dallas wins. if, And I want to play devil's advocate here because you made some points, but um, if this game was taking place in, let's say, December in Foxborough instead, I probably would lean the other way and pick New England. But we're still not at that you know, fall slash wintry type feel yet. We haven't really seen a weather game um, that has decided an outcome. And I don't think that um, it changes today with um, Dallas against New England. Um, Also, the Patriots are going to be without Damian Harris, who's a big uh, part of the offense. So they have to start either Ramondre Stevenson, who I've literally never heard of, or Brandon Bolden. And I think Dallas will be ready, especially because with the addition of Dan Quinn as the defensive coordinator, you've seen Dallas play incredible defense to go along with that prolific offensive attack. So with that all being said, I think Dallas puts up a a good spot today. I think they score 31 and I think they beat the Patriots 31 to 20. So that's, that's where I'm going with that, but I'm glad that we disagree here. Um, All right. Last one. Last one in the four o'clock window. uh, Right. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say last one in the four o'clock window, Cardinals and Browns from Cleveland. This is the one where we've had so many storylines uh, break out, especially in the past. And I forgive me for using the word breakout because there's a COVID situation in Arizona right now, which um, is not allowing Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach uh, to coach in this football game. Um, so with that all being said, um, the Browns might have an advantage here in my opinion, but I want to hear what you have to say first before I go ahead and make my pick. I am picking the Browns at home. I just think that they have a good, uh, they have a better shot at winning. Uh, I just, you know, I just like them at home. Uh, I think they've been good this year and, you know, they'll really want to rebound after last week and Arizona has to lose eventually. Right. Uh, So yeah, I'm taking the Browns. Uh, 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 27, 24. Okay. I'm, I was going to agree with you. I mean, I've been going back and forth on this literally all week and then and, and more Arizona Cardinals testing positive comes no, out. So, no Nick Chubb. No Nick Chubb for the Browns. No Nick Chubb for the Browns. Again, I was going to mention that, but Kareem Hunt has just been absolutely – he's been more than just serviceable. He's, he's better. He's better. He's, he's been awesome. So, yeah. um, big day from him, honestly. Top, I think he's actually the top three running back in the NFL. But, anyway, continue. That's where – I mean, you you did tout that. So, today's really the stage where, you know, you go against the last undefeated team in the NFL. Um, and then we'll have to see if our picks are true because – I'll, I'll take Cleveland as well. I think they're, I think they're good enough to beat Arizona, and especially because Kingsbury's not there, and he's a big reason why Arizona's five and zero. Even though he's not a player, but you know yeah. he's 
he, he tells Kyler what to do. And um, I think that now that bond is not going to be there. So um, it'll go to show, but then the Cardinals should be motivated for the rest of the season. I'll take Cleveland to win the game. And I'll say, um, I'll say it's close though. 24, 23. Um, I, I, I think it'll still be a good football game despite the fact I'm with but, it. I'm with it. Um, so Sunday night football. Um, 8:20 Eastern, 5:20 Pacific on NBC. Rematch of Super Bowl 40. Yep, Seahawks and Steelers. The rematch of the Super, Super Bowl 40. Bowl that was the first Super Bowl I ever watched, start to finish. So, um, oh, yeah. fun fact. But uh, it was a terrible game. It was not great. Um, it was good for Drew. Right. So. right. Um, um, I'm taking the uh, I'm taking the Steelers because I don't think Geno Smith is going to come in on primetime and Sunday night football and lead this depleted Seahawks roster to a victory. Uh, I think that the Steelers are the better team when Seattle's without their, uh, you know, uh, hall of fame quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win a pretty ugly game, 24 to 10. Wow. Okay. You, you're you not giving the Seahawks any chance on the road. Well, yeah. I mean, it's Geno Smith playing with like, I mean, no offense, no offensive line. Okay. Well, I mean, ugh. I, I'm really tempted to see what Geno Smith can do. I mean, this is his, oh, gonna be his, be okay. This this could be his first NFL start in almost four years, which is pretty insane, you know, especially given his career trajectory. Um I'm definitely rooting for him, I'll tell you that. I, I am too. Um Russell Wilson, of course, as we mentioned before, he's on IR, so he's gonna miss at least three games, but it's probably gonna be even more. Um he um dislocated his finger. So um we'll have to see how Geno does in his in his place. I mean, this is a pretty good start for him. I mean, it's a, a pretty good Steelers defense. So I want to see what Pittsburgh can do um, in terms of kind of containing uh, Geno Smith's intricacies. So um, I really want to disagree with you and say the Seahawks are going to go on the road, but obviously with Russell Wilson, it's kind of like, you know, in baseball, there's that war factor um, wins above replacement. And of course, Russell Wilson not being there is definitely um definitely a slight disadvantage um i i don't think it's going to be as ugly as as you think um it's the nfl there's a lot of parody here um but i do think the steelers get a get a nice victory especially because ben roethlisberger is not facing the seahawks defense of old um i will say that pittsburgh wins uh 20 to 14 20 to 14 that makes sense seahawks are going to rely heavily on the run game in my opinion so um so Moving on to the, the Monday night game, uh, we got Buffalo going into Tennessee. Uh, and this one, last year, obviously, the Titans got the better of them. And there was that famous play where uh, Derrick Henry stiff-armed Josh Norman yep. into the following week. But um, obviously, see, I always felt bad for Josh Norman because at least he like went up and tried to make the tackle. So many corners would have just made business decisions. Or, you know, Earl Thomas would have turned around and tried to block for him. But, like, I mean, I don't know. I I just think uh, – um, I think that this year is just going to be a little bit different. And I like um, I like Buffalo to win 34-26. They're just rolling right now. I think Tennessee will make a game out of it. But Buffalo – Buffalo seems to be the best team in the AFC as of right now, and I just think that's going to continue. What do you think? Okay, so if I remember correctly – that Bills Titans game that you referenced the um, 42 16 game on October 13th of 2020. If I remember correctly, October 13th of 2020 was a Tuesday because I think I remember that this past NFL season, 
because of all the COVID restrictions, there was a game played every single day of the week. Um, Something like that, yeah. So, first of all, just very interesting fact. Um, Secondly, yes, I agree. I don't think it's going to be 42 to 16. Um, I mean, that that loss for the Bills last season was the jumpstart that they needed to catapult them to almost winning the AFC. Um, And so they basically haven't looked back other than um, losing to Kansas City. Um, And so... I think the Bills are very much improved. I mean, and of course they beat Kansas City this past week on Sunday Night Football. Um, so I, I really, it's so hard for me to not pick Buffalo because I love what Tennessee does. The problem is we don't really know what kind of team they are because they can, you know, go into Seattle and win a big game, but then they can go ahead and, you know, crap the bed, you know, a week or two later. Yeah, um, they're very, very volatile. They are 100. Um, and I, I think Julio Jones is back, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I think he's going to play, even on an injured hamstring. So he could, he could always be a factor. He, he could, and he really hasn't had that breakout game for the for the Titans yet since he got traded from Atlanta. So um, right. this this might be the game where he could do that. But I, I think that Buffalo's weapons on defense are just too much. I I, I really do. I mean, what, what they could do against Patrick Mahomes, it's like. Now they're doing it against Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah. So it's just a matter of if they can, you know, maybe stack seven in the box but and contain Tannehill Derrick doesn't Henry. have a Derrick Henry, but I mean, he's going to be, yeah, you know, like Derrick Henry can be stopped. Like there is no question about it. Um, so yeah, you know, that, that uh, it should be a fun one. Um, uh, I just like, you know, uh, I think we're both are pretty much on the same page about Buffalo's current uh, prowess this year. You more than me though, because you picked them to go to the Super Bowl against the Rams. This is true. This is true. I uh, picked the way, it looks like it looks like it's 2020 right now. Uh, the score of the Miami Jacksonville game in London and uh, Miami just tried to convert a first down um, around midfield. Also, there's uh, less than two minutes left in the game. Uh, and it looks like they failed to convert a fourth in inches. And now Jacksonville is taking over on the plus side of midfield um, with a minute 42 left. Miami, Miami, Miami only has one timeout. Jacksonville could win this game with a field goal. Uh, so we should, uh, uh, we'll definitely keep an eye out on that. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good finish. It, it should be. Yeah. Um, I, by the way, I'm picking, um, Buffalo to beat Tennessee 30 to 20. I don't think I mentioned the score. Uh, <laughs> of my... 31, 20. You said 31, 20, 30 to 20, 30, 20. Got it. 30. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can definitely put a bow on that. Um, I, I don't think the end of this Jacksonville Miami game is going to take place in the next minute or so. So, um, it's a good way to, to wrap up the um, end of week six here and we can maybe set our eyes on, on week seven and um, oh, yeah. talk about what we, what we have just picked here. So um, thanks everybody for listening to the cross country sports podcast, get our podcast on anchor and Spotify and Google. As I mentioned before, I don't really know many more podcast sites, but uh, they're all on there and follow Elijah on Twitter. He's me on Twitter, Noah Friedman underscore. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you guys again soon. Um, have a great NFL Sunday, everybody. Deuces, fams.